Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I, producer Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon <laughs> to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, uh, video versions of all of our podcast episodes. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on our mailbag episode. If you're not from America, if you are reviewing on some sort of foreign app or it's not even a foreign app right it's, <laughs> it's like apple apple yeah, yeah some <laughs> weird foreign thing um we just don't we can't automatically see them so send those too uh so we can read them yeah screenshot them and call our hotline please insert jingle here six two six six oh four six two six two melissa who are our patrons for the day We've got Brian F., Monica F., Gabby Dunn, whoop, whoop. Sarah S., and Katie C. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the team and fan favorite Gabby Dunn. So today's episode was actually suggested by... Oh, God. Dantana? Producer Maria. Oh. It was? <laughs> yes, Maria. I didn't know. What is it? I'm so excited. Today, we're going to talk about the disappearance of... 
Dorothy Arnold. And you know where I found this, Melissa. You know where I love newspapers.com. Yes. And you got retweeted by newspapers.com the other day. That's my life. That's huge. 2021, baby. That's what it's all about. It's all about getting retweeted by the big guns. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) newspapers.com, they heard my call and they shouted it to the mountains. But I was on some like 1920s newspaper from LA Times article and they were talking about how all these women had started disappearing and they said, and this is the biggest disappearance. And so then I sent it to you guys. I had never heard of this and it was a huge deal at the time. Wow. Well, I'm excited to be illuminated. I'm excited. Huge deal. I'm excited too. So Dorothy Arnold was a beautiful and wealthy socialite living on the Upper East Side of New York City with her family. Ooh, lots and of dis- Ooh, fancy. On December 12th, 1910, while shopping in Madison Square Park, she vanished in broad daylight. Whoa. And the circumstances surrounding her disappearance are odd, including the suspicious behavior of her family and her secret relationship with an older man. Uh-oh. This mystery has captivated New Yorkers for decades. How does a woman simply vanish amid a crowd in New York City? What really happened on December 12th, 1910? Alien abduction. Add that to the theories. <laughs> Let's get into it. So Dorothy Harriet Camille Arnold was born July 1st, 1886. It's crazy that people were born in the 1800s. Like what? I know, but think about people who were born in the 1700s. Think about people who are born in the in 2000 and who can like drink now. Yeah, that's disgusting. Okay, so Dorothy was born July 1st, 1886 in New York, New York to Mary Parks Arnold and Francis Rose. Her dad was a Harvard graduate who owned a perfume and cologne company. They were like super rich. They were listed in this thing called the Social Register. Have you heard of this? It's like an annual publication for rich people. No. That started That's in the 1800s. Cool. It's like aristocrats and like socialites and famous rich. Like people used to invite people to their weddings by going through this social register. Wow. It's like that's it's all crazy. Like hoity toity rich people. Dorothy was their eldest daughter. She attended Bryn Mawr for college, where she got a degree in literature because she really wanted to become a writer. And after college, she moved back with her parents at their house at 108 East 79th Street, which is right across, right near Central Park. Uh, but her parents were not stoked about her wanting to be a writer. Huh. They're like, women should be wives. They shouldn't have yeah. jobs. So in 1910, uh, she submitted a short story to McClure's Magazine, which back then it was kind of like, I guess like the New Yorker-ish, but she got rejected. Oh, shit. And she was like super bummed about it, which is like crazy because it was like her first submission. yeah. And she was like, oh, I got rejected. I got this. Yeah. She seems spoiled. She seems spoiled. I know, right? Because she was grew up rich. Was she thinking like, oh, well, I'm going to submit to this and I'm going to get accepted because my dad is so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. I don't Probably. know. You got you to be more of a Joe 
than a who's the who's Amy? Amy? Beth. Be more of a Joe than a Beth. You mean Florence Pugh? Oh, Florence Pugh, Amy, the one. Okay, yeah. So apparently, her family and friends made fun of her for getting rejected. <laughs> That's funny. God, was she <laughs> sisters with Allie? <laughs> yeah. they were like roasting her like ah, you you know, things like Allie would do like god what a loser <laughs> yeah I was gonna make the exact same joke except about Maria and Maria got to it first <laughs> <laughs> so she set up a P.O. box to be able to co- correspond with publishers so without her whack-ass family finding out and like oh roasting God, this her. This woman probably committed suicide. It seems like her friends and family were so mean. <laughs> well, that this, that's a theory because oh, of well, this. I, already, I got it. I'm channeling you got her it. energy. Episode over. Uh, so Dorothy asked her dad if she could get an apartment in Greenwich Village so she could concentrate on writing. But he was like, no. And he said something along the lines of, because a good writer can write anywhere. Well, that's true. I am? Honestly, this sounds like very current. This whole situation is like yeah, some like... It does. I think this happened to me and my dad, and that's why I got a house in Atwater Village. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, is this your life? <laughs> dad, I need to podcast from my own place. I can't be doing it for bed. It just seems like she wanted to stay rich, but she wanted to also be an artist or a writer. And I it's like, be a writer. Yeah. Daddy, yeah. daddy, give me a Greenwich Village apartment. Yeah. I, I like her. After a few <laughs> months after her first rejection, she submitted another story to McClure's, but she got rejected again. Oh. So she was like super bummed and she actually told her family about this rejection and again they like made fun of her. They're like, What are you doing? Why are you submitting? This poor woman. Yeah. Well maybe she sucked at writing. Have you ever thought about that? Well or she was just a woman. Like back in nineteen ten, like writers made it. I mean I'm just I'm not saying like, you know Yeah. She pro- it was probably both. That would be funny if we finally found her writing and it was like milk, milk, lemonade around the corner. Sludges <laughs> 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 made. Please take this under consideration from Dorothy. Uh, are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only ten I see. <laughs> oh God, it was Allie. And McClure's is like Dorothy again. Sorry, oh, I know you said the same thing. <laughs> so the day she went missing, December 12th, 1910, Dorothy told her mother she was going to go shopping to pick out a dress for her younger sister Marjorie's debutante ball, Oy. aka her coming out party, which is like crazy back then. Girls who like became women had these parties to like showcase them for they prospective still do husbands. It. Yeah, I knew girls who did it. They do it in the Palisades. Yeah, they do it in the Palisades, too. They have, like, cotillion, and they still do it, yeah. There's there's, um, uh, Debbie Top Balls, yeah. Yeah. I was not invited. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say? I was not invited. (laughs) (laughs) But my brothers both did, like, cotillion, which is, I think, like, the male version. Yeah, they had to go and, like... My parents did not put us in any, like, everyone at the Palisades was doing cotillion, and they had, like, dead <laughs> yeah. jump balls. Oh, really? Even Girl Scouts or brownies. Our parents were like, there's, <laughs> you stay, sit your ass down, and you do not go to these things. Well, my, they didn't do it for me. They did it for my brothers, and then for me, they were like, Allie, there's no shot. You're Why not doing they... Indian princesses. You're not doing debutante. You're not doing cotillion. <laughs> You're never going to eat with the right fork. Like, you just stay home. They thought you were, like, Mulan. You'd bring dishonor to the them all yeah jeez 
Yeah, I mean, they still do this all over the place. It's crazy. So funny. Uh, So (laughs) Dorothy walked from her home on 79th Street to the park in Tilford store, which is on 27th and 5th Avenue. Kind of a far walk, but like I've walked that far in New York. You know, it's not crazy to walk 50 blocks. Yeah, but she probably had uncomfortable shoes on. I'll tell you that much. Oh, like those like, nineteen yeah, or these eighteen yeah. eighties heels Cobbled or whatever nineteen hundreds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she went to the store where she bought a box of chocolates, but charged it to her family's account. Hmm. Uh, because Dorothy was given a monthly allowance of a hundred dollars, which with inflation, that's about twenty three hundred dollars. Wow. Plus, her family had all these accounts all over the city where she could charge things. And she didn't have to pay rent or anything. She was living at home. Yeah. Sick. I know. So she then went to Brentano's bookstore where she bought a book (laughs) Wait, isn't Brentano's like still a bookstore? Wasn't that still a... It was was an episode of Seinfeld. I think it's still a thing. Yeah, I think it's still a thing. There's one in Paris too. Ooh la la. Wee wee. So she bought a book called Engaged Girl Sketches. It's part of Borders. It's part of Borders books and it's part of the Walden books umbrella so she went to borders back in 1910 (laughs) (laughs) to grab a coffee uh a book called engaged girl sketches by emily kelvin blake what is that book about it was like kind of a popular book at the time this work's been selected by scholars as being culturally important essays and stuff so then she left the bookstore around 2 p.m and she ran into a friend gladys king Gladys said that Dorothy seemed totally fine. She was in a good mood. And Dorothy told Gladys that she was going to take a walk through Central Park on her way home. You know what this is reminding me of, you guys? What? Gone Girl. Elisa Lamb. <gasps> Went to a bookstore. Book oh. Everything's fine. She's totally cool. Bang. Well, also, Gone Girl happened in a bookstore, too. Remember, her parents oh. wrote those books about her? Yes. So I wasn't totally off base with Gone Girl. So yeah, that was the last time anyone saw Dorothy. (laughs) I will not bring dishonor upon my family. (laughs) (laughs) So that night, when Dorothy never came home, her parents became very concerned and started calling her friends asking if anyone had seen her and no one had seen her. And so a few hours later, a woman named Elsie Henry called the Arnold's home to see if there was any update, if anyone had found Dorothy. And Dorothy's mom told Elsie that Dorothy had come home, but she couldn't talk because she was in bed with a headache. But the weird thing is, Dorothy wasn't home. She was still missing. So, like, was her mom trying to hide the fact that she was missing? Or was her mom trying to, like, not draw attention to it? Was she trying to, like, I don't know what her thinking was. It was strange. So the next morning, when Dorothy still hadn't shown up, her dad contacted a family friend and lawyer, John Keith. They didn't call the police. They called a lawyer. Hmm. And so John came over to see if he could find anything that would help find Dorothy. He didn't notice anything suspicious or anything missing other than some burnt papers in the fireplace, which they believe were rejection letters from publishers and brochures of steamliners to Europe. So perhaps to run away. Yeah. Right. But also she didn't pack anything. So they were like, well, I don't, maybe she ran away. Maybe she didn't, but there was nothing missing. Well, she has that stipend. She can just buy shit. She doesn't really need to pack anything. That's true. Um, So Dorothy had a boyfriend 
named George Griscom Jr., mm. who her parents did not like because he was older. He was 42. He was an engineer. And he also came from a rich family. And they met while Dorothy was at college. But apparently George didn't have a job. And he was just like living at home with his parents, living off of their money. Mm. At 42? Yeah. Because wow. his family was like rich. He was like, well, he was kind of lazy. He's like, I don't need to, I don't need to work. Yeah. But Dorothy's father said this. I would have been glad to see her associate with more young men than she did, especially some young men of brains and position, one whose profession or business would keep him occupied. I don't approve of young men who have nothing to do. Mm. So that was her, her dad's thoughts on George. So in September, three months before Dorothy went missing, she actually lied about visiting a college friend and instead went to see went to Boston to see George. And her parents found out about it and forbid her from seeing George again. So not surprisingly, her parents thought that George had something to do with the disappearance. But George had somewhat of an alibi because he was in Italy at the time. Mm. And so a week after Dorothy went missing, her parents sent a telegraph to George in Italy asking if he knew what happened. But he wrote back, he said he had no idea. But the Arnolds weren't buying it. So Dorothy's mom, Mary, and Dorothy's brother, John, traveled to Italy in January to talk to George. God, that's a, such a long... I know, they yeah, take a boat there. <laughs> yeah. A week. And so they met George in a hotel room in Florence. And again, George denied knowing anything about her disappearance. And apparently, Dorothy's brother, John, punched him in the face. Sick. And I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> Um, But then back in New York, the family lawyer, John Keith, he was searching all the morgues, the hospitals and ship ports for Dorothy. And he ended up calling the Pinkerton Detective Agency to help him with the search. Okay. So again, they didn't call the police. They had this lawyer call this well-known detective agency. Strange. And some people say it's because of their social standing and wealth. Yeah. That that the dad wanted to avoid this whole public scandal. They're like, let's just try to figure it out ourselves before like it gets crazy. What did the family do again? Why why were they wealthy? The dad owned a perfume and cologne company. So this Pinkerton detective agency searched for six weeks with no luck. And so they told the dad, they're like, You gotta call the police. Cause this is crazy. So finally, yeah. in January, Francis called the police, and they told Francis that he needs to have a press conference. Like in Gone Girl. Yeah, like in Gone Girl. So the family offered a $1,000 reward for the return of Dorothy, which now is like, I think like $25,000. Wow. And Dorothy's disappearance ended up being in every newspaper across America. And the police got thousands of tips and sightings, but they all led to nothing. Like everyone across America wow. was like, I've seen her. The family received two ransom notes asking for $5,000 for the return of Dorothy, but they were kind of expecting to get this, being she was rich and she was missing. That's why they didn't want to go to the police because they knew it would be like, and these ransom notes turned out to be like hoaxes, like they weren't real. Huh. So it was like, yeah, they're kind of expecting that to happen with like a missing rich daughter. And so Dorothy... She was never found. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So some theories about what happened to her. An abortion is a theory that some people think she died from an illegal abortion. Oh, shit. Because in 1914, which was three, four years after she went missing, Dr. Cece Meredith, Nurse Lucy Orr, and Dr. Lutz of Pittsburgh, where George and his family live, were arrested for running an illegal abortion clinic. So one of the doctor's patients said she had seen Dorothy at this abortion clinic in December, but it came out that this patient who claimed she saw it was actually an abortion doctor, Dr. Meredith, mm. like left a tip for someone that was like, I saw Dorothy. So the thing is, Dorothy did see George three months before she disappeared in Boston. So she could have been preg- She could have been three months pregnant. However, there is some evidence that disproves this possibility because on November 23rd, Dorothy spent Thanksgiving with her friend Theodosia Bates in Washington, D.C. And the next day, Dorothy complained that she wasn't feeling well. And she told Theodosia that she had p- cramps. She had period cramps. But that could be it could pregnancy be, cramps. Yeah. yeah. Since she disappeared on December 12th, it's unlikely that she would have suspected she was pregnant, even if she was because if she had her period on november 20 like, yeah so like i think that's pretty good theory that she yeah totally but also if she wanted an abortion why would she go to pittsburgh because pittsburgh is so far from new york it's not philadelphia it's like four hours away but also george's family does live in pittsburgh yeah that's so weird um and but what's odd about this abortion clinic is that john keith the family lawyer had actually been to this clinic three years prior to the arrest while searching for Dorothy. He received a tip from someone that apparently saw Dorothy there. So he gets to this clinic and he asks Dr. Meredith if he can look around. 
And the doctor's like, no. So John threatens to get the police involved. And the doctor's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, you sure you can come in. And so this nurse, Lucy Orr, is there. And she's the one who says she saw Dorothy. So Lucy takes John and shows him where she saw Dorothy. Like, oh, I saw Dorothy in here in this like room. So they go into the room and there's a woman in there who Lucy says looks like Dorothy, but it's not her. Mm. So the nurse was like, yeah, yeah, I think Dorothy's here. And like John goes all the way out there, but like it's not Dorothy. Well, she wouldn't have like moved in. Like she wouldn't be like living there permanently. So like he could have like missed her or if she had passed away, then like she wouldn't be there anymore. It could have been a botched abortion. So in April 1916, a man named Edward Glenoris, who was in Rhode Island State Prison for extortion, uh, converted to Christianity and wanted to confess all of his sins. So he claimed that an acquaintance of his named Little Louie asked him to <laughs> transport an unconscious woman from New Rochelle, New York, which is on Long Island, to a house in Weehawk in New Jersey. And so he was met by two other men, one named Doc and a finely dressed gentleman who many believed could be George oh. to transport this unconscious woman to New Jersey. And on the drive, Little Louie told Edward that the unconscious woman was Dorothy Arnold. Oh, shit. So little Louie called Edward the next day to tell him Dorothy died during a botched operation. And so he paid him $250 to bury her in the basement of a house. Maybe she was getting a brain transplant to become a good writer. Damn. Wow. 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 wow, Sick burn. Question. Real quick question. Yes. How How long was it before they, like, started looking for her? Because she went, when she went missing... Because she was like, why would she be buying a book in New York and then like and go get her abortion and chocolates and then go and get her and abortion for a dress? She bought the chocolate. She bought a book. There's records of that. There's no records of her buying the dress that she wanted to. It's just weird. It seems like it would have been something where she woke up in the morning and went to go get it or like. Yeah, that's why it doesn't really like why would she be like, OK, I'm going to go out and then. She'd be like, okay, I'm gonna get chocolates. I'm gonna get a book. I'm gonna go get an abortion. I'm gonna get a dress. I'm gonna like. Well, maybe it's for like recovery. Maybe like when she did like recovery time, maybe she wanted a book and like some chocolates to eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess. Her sister's debutante ball was that night. And she wouldn't have missed that. She wouldn't have missed that. that. Yeah. Then that was a weird time to get an abortion then. So anyway, this um, Edward Glenorse guy who was in prison, he said that this little Louis guy called him to pay him $250 to bury Dorothy Arnold in the basement of a house because they were going to give her an abortion and then, like, she died. And so the police went to a house that fit that description and Edward stated that he buried Dorothy beneath the cement in the cellar and police found an area of broken cement, but it was too small for a body. And the new owners said that the hole was simply access to a gas pipe. And so they digged, they digged down there and all they saw were gas pipes, but no body. So that theory is kind of, eh. Or could it have been suicide? So everyone who saw Dorothy in the weeks before she disappeared claimed she was happy. But, like, obviously that doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't. When Mary and John, her mom and brother, went to Florence to confront George, George actually gave them a batch of letters that Dorothy had sent to George before her disappearance. The last one was mostly upbeat, except it had an odd passage in it. It said, well, it has come back. McClure's has turned me down. Failure stares me in the face. All I can see is a long road with no turning. Mother will always think an accident has happened. Like, what does that mean? It sounds to me like she 
she ran away. Like mother will always think an accident has happened. Sounds That's like what I was thinking. Yeah. It has come back. McClure's turned me down. Failure stares me in the face. All I can see is a long road with no turning. Mother will always think an accident has happened. Can I read really quickly? I just, I have one of her rejection letters here. And it oh, kind of gives you found it. Insight. Oh, no. Maria, is it going to no. be like Bigfoot? No, no, Penis. no. It's not. It's not. It's no. It's not. Okay. So it says, we are sorry that we cannot accept Song of Spring. Song of Spring. Yeah. Well, that there was you go. <laughs> you have skill in the handling of light verse, but it seems to us that your treatment of the theme here is a little too rambling and mm-hmm. that it would have been more effective if more complete, compactly treated. Mm-hmm. We return the poem to you regretfully and hope you will continue to let us see your work. Okay. That's, I mean, that's not, not a horrible rejection. They gave like notes and said, keep sending stuff. Yeah. But it seems like she did is she did send something pretty long where they were like, oh my God, look how long yeah. this poem is. It's as long as spring is. Yeah. that's. Uh, <laughs> but imagine being like emotionally devastated because like bustle or like a week <laughs> daily or like shouts and murmurs won't like. Not that those are all in the same category, but like won't publish you. <laughs> she probably because she was like grew up rich and she was probably not used to being rejected. Yeah, I guess. So maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is what happened when nepotism doesn't work. People die. So when nepotism you know. goes wrong. That's right. People disappear. Yeah. So that's so suicide is maybe an option or she was kidnapped. Huh. And her dad actually believes that she was kidnapped and murdered. Huh. Her dad was convinced. And he thinks she was attacked in Central Park and dumped in a reservoir. And he said two clues led him to believe this theory, but he never said what the clues were. That's weird. So he wanted police to look through the reservoir as well as Central Park Lake, but both bodies of water were frozen over and had been for days before Dorothy went missing. Like, people were ice skating on them. So her body couldn't have been thrown in unless they broke the ice. Right. To Central Park Could Lake. he have killed her? Because, like, he was like, I keep having to spend $2,000 a month on this woman who's, like, not getting married to any eligible bachelors. She doesn't have any career. She, like, wants yeah. to be a writer and she's bad at it. And she's, like, complaining all the time. And to like save like, the family name like people did crazy shit back then like don't you tarnish our family name like you're dating a 42 year old you're a failed writer yeah like, like we gotta make know. dorothy disappear it's not out of the question i don't think yeah we gotta send dorothy to oz if you know what i mean oh surrender <laughs> dorothy <laughs> <laughs> hey maybe she did go to oz yeah she followed the uh the central park road if you know what i mean <laughs> Follow yeah. the Central Park Road. <laughs> you know what I mean. Central- or she ran away. So there was no real evidence to support this other than that odd note that she wrote to her boyfriend. But, however, in February 1911, two months after she disappeared, a postcard arrived at the Arnold home, postmarked <gasps> from New York. It said, I am safe and was signed by Dorothy. You're kidding. The writing appeared to be Dorothy's. But her dad said that they just copied her writing. But who who knows what Dorothy's writing looks like? It's not yeah. like it was George. out there. Exactly. George. Exactly. So also her family was mean to her. So maybe she hated them and she ran away to join the circus. 
I think she ran away. Like, I don't think it's that complicated. Like, I think she ran away, was like, I don't like this life. Like, I grew up rich. Some people like that, but I want to be like a starving artist. That's what my soul is. I don't think so at all. I don't think no one who gets chocolates on the daddy's account. No is running it was away. A half who, pound of chocolates too. Yeah, she, she. I just don't see her as everything you've told me about. Like, she went to Bryn Mawr. She wanted a Greenwich Village apartment on her daddy's dime. She got an allowance, all that stuff. She never did anything to break out of that. Yeah. So all this of was, a sudden, the first break. thing she does, you're wrong. She hit her bottom and she she bounced. So. <laughs> She bounced. So the family spent thousands of dollars searching for her. And by Valentine's Day, they made it clear that they believe she was dead. Hmm. So on that day, this is only, this is two months after she went, she went missing. That'd be funny if McClure's like declared her a genius and published all her work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Song of sad. Spring becomes a bestseller. Bestselling. Song of Spring. Poetry. Uh, so the district attorney, Charles Whitman, offered his assistance to the Arnold family with their efforts to locate Dorothy, and Francis declined. The dad declined, was like, nah. And Mr. Whitman thought he misunderstood and explained that he intended to set any and all of his detectives on the case. And the dad said, please don't, please don't. Like, he begged him not to look for her. He's like, we are not looking for Dorothy any longer. Wow. And that was the end of the search. What? Yeah. And so his dad or her dad died in 1922. Uh, the mom died in 1928. And Francis left a will that said, I have made no provision for my beloved daughter, Dorothy H.C. Arnold, as I'm satisfied that she is not alive. Like he didn't even leave anything for her in his will, even if on the off chance she was alive. He's like, she's dead. She's gone. That's it. He did it. It's weird. And like, why would her dad be like, oh, yeah, she was for sure kidnapped. She was murdered. Her body was dumped. Like, that's what I believe. Like, if you're a parent, wouldn't you think, wouldn't you like have some sort of hope, especially two months after she went missing? Not if you, not if you felt that she was, she was making a fool out of you. Not if he came from this old school view of my daughter should, you know, heed my advice and... I don't want to be paying for her anymore. She should have another man to pay for her. Yeah. But she's got this silly boyfriend that doesn't even, you know, do anything. George Griscom. Yeah. Do you think, like, the perfume business is slang for, like, the mob? (laughs) Look it up. I I did. I looked up glossary of mafia-related words. Nothing's coming up. But, like... Maybe he was in the perfume business and then like little Louie got sent Ooh. Dorothy back to Oz when she was being problematic. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Or she could have just been robbed and raped and murdered. But where would they put her? They put her, so she's swimming with the fishes in the East River. <laughs> you know? Or what could have happened is that someone robbed her and then realized who she was. Or she's like, do you know who I am? My dad is so-and-so. And And they're like, oh, fuck. Well, I got to kill you now. Do you ever like think about what you would say if someone tried to kidnap you? I actually literally thought about this the other day where someone was driving past me really slow in a van. And I was like, if they kidnapped me, I would say, you made a big mistake. I'm married to the chief of police. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) They'd be like, sure, lady. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, You're not married. You? That's I don't know. So rude. 
Don't they always tell you? <laughs> they they tell married. you that you should talk about your kid. Y- y'all fire. Oh, really? You're supposed to say what? Well, if you're kidnapped and someone's going to murder you, you you start talking about like your kids and your family. Like I have two young kids. Oh yeah, like, it's supposed to like. Or you just poop your pants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that won't be. Hard. That's what you're supposed to do. You yell fire and you poop. Well, your I think pants. that's if you're gonna be. The, I think that's if you're gonna be raped. You're supposed to pee or poop your pants because then they don't want to do that anymore. Really? Yeah. I don't well, know anything. They don't want you in their car. You. They don't want you in their car if you pooped your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they're or a you killer. say I'm already dead. You say I'm already dead. Stop! 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 You're making <laughs> big mistake. I'm already dead. Play dead. I can't be killed. I would yeah, play, play dead. dead. As soon as I ever see any man walking toward me, I fall to the ground and play, play dead. dead. Like a possum. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like a possum. We should start a self-defense podcast. <laughs> this is some good tips. Yell fire and then shit your pants. And then play dead. <laughs> fire. And say, Don't you know who I am? I'm married to the chief of police. And then yell fire, shit your pants, play dead. And then no one will kidnap you. You heard it here first. It's the web crawler's way. Why why don't you just say, I am the chief of police? I am the chief of police. Plot twist. I am. You you have no idea what you're doing. I'm the chief of police. believe you yeah oh, oh, i'm sorry i'm oh, sorry god okay i'm, I'm so, so sorry, sorry ma'am madam. i'm so sorry ma'am. I'm sorry madam police i apologize and they drop you back off to like your shitty apartment yeah i'm in my i'm in my snuggie walking my dog so sorry chief oh uh, oh, that's a good laugh. All right. Well, if you have any insight into what happened to Dorothy, <laughs> you please know let us is. know. Or if you have any good self-defense tips, although I think ours are probably the best. Yeah. Um, Melissa, good. where could people reach us? You can email us at chiefofpolice at gmail.com <laughs> or webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Yeah, have you ever been rejected from McClure's? Yeah, let us know. <laughs> you have any good rejection letters? Yeah. Oh, we would love to hear some good rejection letters. Yeah. Anyways, I am Allie, District Attorney Siegel. <laughs> I am Melissa, a Chief of Police Step. <laughs> and I'm Maria, Mayor of the World Blasucci. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm